On episode 62 of the Lightning Round podcast, Dan and I continue the state travel series and turn our attention to Utah. To help us learn about Utah and all it has to offer, we chatted with Bianca Lyon, Director of Community and Partner Relations for the Utah Office of Tourism. The three of us discuss Utah's robust national park scene, unique food in Utah, the Forever Mighty Campaign, Salt Lake City, and much, much more. All right, let's do it. Down in Utah, the guys and I dig a city called Salt Lake. It's got the grooviest kids, that's why we never get tired of Salt Lake. And the way the kids talk so cool is an outside We are now pleased to be joined by Bianca Lyon. She is the Director of Community and Partner Relations at the Utah Office of Tourism. Bianca, thank you for joining us today. Why don't we get started by talking about what your elevator pitch would be for why someone should visit Utah? Well, Utah is a beautiful place. Um, Really, any time of year you come to Utah, it's a great place to be here. And anything that you like to do in the outdoors can be done in Utah. So if you're a skier, naturally people come to Utah because we do have the greatest snow on earth. uh, And I experience that uh, almost every weekend. Um, We also have, you know, amazing uh, Red Rock destinations. We have five national parks and also uh, over 30 state parks as well that are almost just as beautiful as our national parks. And so um, we have, you know, mountain biking and, and hiking uh, water sports as well. So we really have the, such a broad range of activities, regardless of what you like to do in the outdoors. Awesome. Um, just a little follow up there, you know, you mentioned the skiing, that's something that, you know, being from Minnesota, a lot of our listeners can kind of relate to. And when we think of Utah, we think of it kind of as a skiing destination. I'm just wondering places like, you know, park city, which had the Olympics hosted there, um, back in the day, do they offer something for everyone or is it just for more like advanced experienced skiers? Yeah, I think, um, you know, most of our ski resorts try to, to cater a little bit depending on, on your skill and ability. Um, Salt Lake, uh, city also, you know, had several venues in the Olympics too. So it, it just depends on what you, what you like. Uh, if you want a more local uh, experience, you know, Powder Mountain, um, which is up in uh, Weber County, is, is a local favorite, or Brighton, um, which is located here um, in Salt Lake County, where I am. Um, but Park City is known really, uh, really well for, for a family type of ski experience. Um, that's where my family has learned how to ski. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old that are mm-hmm. little bombers, and they're really, <laughs> really good skiers. Um, but there's also advanced terrain in park city. Um, and if you're an advanced skier, Alta and snowbird generally are the places that people like to go. But I think most of our ski resorts have something, uh, you know, if you want to uh, challenge yourself, you, know, you can find that type of, uh, of, uh, terrain. But then if you want the easier runs for your family, you can make that happen as well. And, and I forgot to mention too, we've got great ski resorts down South. We've got sure. uh, several, including Brian head, which is, you know, proximate to, Zion National Park. So you could imagine what a spring weekend could be like if you wanted to ski one day at, at uh, Brian Head and then go to Zion National Park the next day. That is absolutely doable. 
and it sounds like you really can do it all. And if you wanted to do it all, or maybe you just want to ski, talk about some of the best times of year to visit Utah under your recommendation. Well, again, it just depends on what you like to do. Sure, um, sure. And, and, you know, summer, of course, is a busy season for the national parks. And so mm. we often say if you're coming in the summer, you'll want to arrive early um, to a, a popular destination um, and, you know, certainly plan in advance. We're always trying to stress that um, water and sun protection is, is important, even in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, um, you know, arriving early can help you no matter where, you, what, what time of year you're in Utah. So, um, you know, shoulder seasons are really nice. Those are spring and fall, cooler months that generally have uh, maybe a little bit less uh, visitation. So those are great times to visit the national parks too. And really get um, that desert solitaire experience that people really look for here. But I'm a skier. Um, mm-hmm. Winter, I mean, I'm a convert to loving winter. I used to be a summer girl and uh, I married a skier and, and that changed. And now uh, I'm sitting here on April 2nd, kind of mi- sad or wistful that <laughs> ski season is, is coming to an end. And so um, I have become a winter lover. And if it can happen to me, I think it can happen to anyone else. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned, you know, the ski resorts, Salt Lake City, you know, the national parks. Uh, What would you say is like the most underrated, you know, part of Utah that maybe a lot of people don't think about right away? Mm, um, That's a great question. I think uh, there are so many beautiful areas that are still uh, uh, unknown. Um, I would say Flaming Gorge Recreation Area is one of them. That's uh, sort of up in the um, northeastern side of Utah, and it is uh, absolutely spectacular. Um, it's known for being a, um, a a big fishing destination. The Green River is known throughout the world um, for its quality of experience uh, with with fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you can also do a lot of water sports on the reservoir. Um, you can paddleboard, and you can. Um, you know, you can boat and it's, um, it's a really incredible location. It's, it's really one of my favorite places and I don't get to go up there enough. Um, other than that, you know, we've got a lot of really beautiful um, and, and maybe underappreciated state parks. Um, you know, the coral pink sand dunes come to mind, you know, um, it, it's also sort of proximate to the Zion area and many people want to go to Zion, but, but coral pink sand dunes or a snow Canyon state park. Um, those are both really great state parks that are nearby. So we always encourage people to go and have the experience at Zion, but then um, go off the beaten path and, and check out some of our state parks and, and have an experience out there because uh, national park boundaries are sort of arbitrary to a certain degree. You should go out there and really explore uh, some of the lesser known areas of the state. Mm-hmm. And along with that, you know, uh, we talked a little before we started recording the dark sky regions. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Um, Utah is uh, a leader in dark sky certified destinations. Uh, we have 23 dark sky areas. We have 10 dark sky certified state parks, hmm. four out of our five national parks, and then several different communities and, and regions that are, are dark sky certified. So um, we're actually in the process of working with um, with the governor's office, Governor Cox, to declare Utah April Dark Skies Month, okay. um, and you'll you'll be receiving some some information from our office shortly about that. So we're really using this as an opportunity to 
celebrate this unique aspect of, of um, uh, our destination, uh, celebrate the leadership of so many different organizations that have helped make this happen, and then encouraging people to, um, to look up at the night sky and to uh, see the Milky Way. And some people maybe in their whole lives have never seen the Milky Way before. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and through um, a dark skies experience or a interpretive experience in one of our state and national parks, you can really learn a lot about the night sky and, um, and really have a, a thoughtful and, and really peaceful experience with your family. Sure. And let's talk a little bit more about Utah culture as a whole. I know that Dan mentioned earlier, a lot of times when we think of Utah, we think of great skiing, great national parks. But I think another thing we think of, of a lot is Mormon culture. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about the history of the Mormon religion in Utah, uh, where you can learn more about it, and just the impact that the Mormon religion has on Utah uh, day-to-day life as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the, uh, the vision of, uh, you know, Mormon settlers and pioneers, you know, throughout the state. And there's so many different ways that you can do that. Um, maybe in sort of a, this might surprise you, but mm. really even, even just by experiencing uh, Salt Lake City, you can kind of see, uh, you know, how Mormon settlers had planned the city so thoughtfully. Uh, if, if any of you, either of you have been to Salt Lake or any of your listeners, we have mm-hmm. very wide, big blocks and streets. Um, that was done by design uh, to make sure that you could turn a carriage around on a, on a street. Um, and uh, it, it's a grid system. It's very uh, geometric and very, um, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes visitors get confused. But um, if you go to um, Enzyme Peak here in Salt Lake City, there's a little monument uh, to Brigham Young, who settled um, settled this area, and you can get a really interesting history of how the city was planned. Um, and if you go to this is the Place State Park, also in Salt Lake City, um, there is um, a, a great tribute to uh, the Mormon pioneers who ultimately found the Salt Lake Valley and settled here. So, yeah, there are different different ways to celebrate the uh, the, the Mormon culture here in Utah, but then also the native. Uh, cultures of this area as well. And um, we're always um, get, uh, reminding, uh, reminding people that there's so much uh, culture, uh, there's so much history, human history and, and geologic history in Utah. And of course, to, um, to treat those uh, cultural sites with respect um, and uh, only take pictures, but nothing else. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So if we had to wrap up all this culture into one ambassador for the state of Utah, who would you choose and why? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a really difficult question. I don't know if I can answer that. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay. Oh, yeah. It could be yourself. We've got, <laughs> we've got it right here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to, 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 be that person, but I'll, I'll think about that question and get back to you. Absolutely. And can we talk a little bit more about the Great Salt Lake? What, first of all, what makes it great and what makes it unique to other lakes? I mean, Dan and I got to visit there in 2016. The National Speech and Debate Tournament was held there, and we were just, you know, in awe of its sheer size. And we live in the Great Lakes region here of the country. So, can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about uh, attractions to uh, to what what brings visitors in and the unique aspects of the lake overall? Yeah, um, it's a great question. Um, we, you know, it's it's basically the Great Salt Lake is the remnants of 
Lake Bonneville, which was a massive lake um, in this part of the, the world, you know, tens of thousands of years ago. And, um, you know, there was a massive flood. Ultimately, what remained is, is now the Great Salt Lake. Um, and it's an important part of um, our, uh, our environment here in the Salt Lake Valley. It's, um, it's well known to be a, a bird sanctuary. And so we have a lot of migratory birds that rely on that, um, on that marsh and that, those areas as they come and go throughout the country. Um, and then um, there's also Antelope Island, which is an island within uh, the Great Salt Lake. Um, so so those are also state parks. Mm-hmm. and um, and have really uh, cool experiences out there. Um, if you go out to the Antelope Island, you'll see buffalo and, and actual antelope. Um, and um, there's also, you know, to your point of sort of the human history of Utah, there's uh, a lot of really interesting history about the folks that, that lived out there that, that, um, that managed the land and, um, and tended to their animals out there. And so uh, Antelope Island is a really unique place and it provides this really cool perspective of the Salt Lake Valley that those of us who live here really rarely get to see. To see Salt Lake from a distance with the backdrop of the Wasatch Front across the Great Salt Lake uh, is, is a unique experience. And, um, and those of us who live here don't get to see that as often as we'd like to. So it's, it's a really great experience to go out there and experience it. Very cool. Sounds like a must do, but let's say after a long day of exploring the lake, you want to get something to eat. We talk about food on this podcast a lot. I've asked it in every state interview so far, where do you want to go to grab a bite? What's the best or most underrated spot in Utah? as far as food goes? Um, I, I love um, the red iguana and it's sort of a staple in Salt Lake City. So I can't even say that it's underrated. Um, it, has a lot of, it has a lot of hype, but it, it certainly deserves it. Um, all of their moles are homemade. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, a great, it's a great place to experience Salt Lake City. Um, good margaritas, you know, all the things that you would want from a Mexican restaurant, but it's, it's authentic and locally owned. Um, we have a lot of great um, uh, places for sushi and Takashi sort of the well-known place for sushi downtown. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of places to get ramen along main street, which has become really great. And there's a my favorite spot is called Yoko. Um, and that's probably my favorite ramen in town. Um, but I'm actually more of a plant-based eater these days. And sure. it's really cool to say, to see more plant-based, um, restaurants, um, that are popping up throughout the Salt mm. Lake Valley. Um, and so there's a, a place called Seasons, which is fantastic. Um, and also Bud's, which is sort of a local sandwich shop that serves, uh, food that you could probably serve to a carnivore and they would never notice that it was uh, plant-based. And so it's great to see, um, options for all different types of eaters in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it sounds like there's a lot of diverse options there for sure, as you touched on. And we've kind of danced around it a little bit, alluded to it, but you know, you mentioned earlier there's five national parks in Utah. Can you talk a little bit about those different national parks, uh, the appealing aspects of them, and maybe which one is your personal favorite or which one you would want to visit the most if you were uh, oh. if you if you had to only go to one or something like that? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Moab is, is really well known throughout the world. Um, and 
Uh, it's uh, it's in Grand County in Utah and has um, two national parks within or close to its boundaries. Uh, Arches National Park and mm-hmm. Delicate Arch is sort of uh, well known and it's on our state license plate. Uh, is sort of the most recognizable Utah landmark there is. Um, and then there's also Canyonlands National Park uh, as well, which is very vast. Um, lots of overlooks, at least on the north side or island in the sky. But then there's the Needles District, which is actually in San Juan County, which um, is an exceptional place. San Juan County is, is one of my favorite places to visit as well, um, where you can kind of immerse yourself a little bit more in, in a, a, a great place for hiking. Um, there's Bryce Canyon National Park and um, Thor's Hammer is uh, kind of the, um, the most well-known um, uh, formation of the hoodoos in Bryce. Um, a lot of great history um, in that area as well. Uh, Capitol Reef, which is probably the le- the least um, visited and understood of the national park of the Utah National Parks, Capitol Reef National Park, and then there's Zion National Park, mm-hmm. which is probably our uh, our most highly visited, uh, which is in southwestern Utah. And it's really hard to say which one is my favorite. Um, I don't get to go to Zion as often as I would like, but I was just there this weekend. So it's fresh on my mind. And I have to say, I have a really special place in my heart for Zion, but uh, Arches is also very stunning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's breathtaking. It's all breathtaking for sure. You know, reading about it is, is so fun. I can't wait to get out there and visit, especially, you know, aren't too many national parks here and just, you know, what a, a rugged, you know, diverse landscape that, that you have there in Utah for sure. It is. So let's say, you know, a lot of different hiking spots, but if somebody's more of an indoors person, you know, what's the go-to place in that scenario? If, you know, you, you happen to be somewhere in Utah on a Saturday afternoon, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think Salt Lake city is a, a great place to live and, and to visit because you really can have it all. Um, I feel really spoiled to be a half an hour away from a ski resort or Uh a hike or a trailhead. But then we also have a world-class symphony. We have a a wonderful um, dining scene. We have um, amazing arts and culture organizations throughout the Valley and truthfully throughout the state. Um, Our um, Natural History Museum of Utah is a really wonderful place um, to have an experience inside, understand the, um, the human and geologic history of Utah mm-hmm. before heading out onto your outdoor adventures. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and, and experience them in the outdoors, but if you wanted to get a taste of it in Salt Lake City, the Natural History Museum is a, is a wonderful place to do that and is a, a stunning location on the Bonneville Shoreline Trail, overlooks the Salt Lake Valley and is a wonderful place. Um, we have an amazing planetarium, Clark Planetarium. I'd be remiss in not mentioning our fabulous planetarium. Uh, so we have a lot of really wonderful um, places to experience. If you're not an outdoors person, certainly throughout the Salt Lake Valley, um, if if you want to have more of a, a, an urban experience. Sure, sure. Coming out of the pandemic, you know, as more people start to focus on traveling, can you talk a little bit about what your office is promoting or what you guys are focused on, whether it's, you know, road trip uh, itineraries or things of that nature that you want to highlight? I'm really glad. That's such a great question. Thanks for asking, Alex. Um, 
we're we're uh, we're wanting to um, you know welcome the the world you know when they're ready right when when they're allowed to to return uh, we're we're ready to have them we're always focused on safety and respect for our communities and respect for for each other as visitors uh, so you know we encourage mask wearing and social distancing during this time uh, and just making sure that we're keeping ourselves and our communities safe. Um, I, I'm excited to um, have the, the opportunity to work on our Forever Mighty initiative, which is our responsible travel initiative. Mm. Um, and through that, we promote, you know, uh, responsible outdoor ethics. Um, and, and certainly COVID um, safety and awareness is, is, is kind of a COVID nexus or, or part of that. But, um, but overall, you know, we are always trying to communicate the, the need for safety and preparedness in the outdoors. I think I touched on that a little earlier, mm-hmm. making sure that people come here to Utah prepared for what they're going to experience, whether that's the right shoes, um, water, you don't need to have fancy gear. You know, we're, we're not, we're not encouraging you to be an expert in all things, but we want you to be prepared and safe. Right. Um, so just wearing a hat, wearing sunscreen. Um, you know, wearing the right footwear. I mean, those are critical things that you'll need to have a safe and enjoyable experience. So that's an important part of Forever Mighty. Um, Of course, it's leave no trace principles. Um, It's staying on trail. It's, um, it's uh, respecting, um, you know, the the wildlife and, um, and, you know, formations or trees. It's, it's only taking pictures, but nothing else, right? It's, um, it's that respect of, of, uh, of nature and, while it appears rugged, it is sensitive, and mm-hmm. so we want to we want to preserve it. Um, but it's also the thoughtful and regional travel um, that we try to encourage with Forever Mighty as well. So if you are here to see, um, you know, Zion National Park, for instance, um, certainly have that experience because it is well worth the trip. But there are so many other areas of of the of the air of the region that are worth exploring and seeing. And so we, we try to encourage people to, um, to see the, the major landmarks, but then stop along the beaten, off the beaten path along the way and have those uh, more intimate experiences that are perhaps lesser known. So those are some of the tenets of our Forever Mighty initiative that we're trying to encourage uh, just to make sure that people are safe, um, that they're respectful of each other, um, of the land and, uh, and of our communities as well. Yeah, it sounds like a, an excellent initiative, and we'll definitely add some links in the podcast description for listeners to learn more about that initiative. Bianca, if you could do only one thing in Utah, for some reason, you know, you're limited to do one thing, what's that one thing that you're going to do in Utah? And it, it could be in a day or maybe a day and a half, so you can pack it all in. Oh, man. Uh I guess I would say, uh, and I know that this is so cliche, but I, I have had the pleasure of taking friends um, many times to Delicate Arch for their first time. And it is on our license plate, as I mentioned, it's uh-huh. so well known, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world as being this kind of, you know, landmark of recognition of Utah. But there's nothing really quite like the experience of walking around the, that corner making that turn and seeing that view for the first time with your own eyes. Um, I would definitely encourage anyone to experience that uh, at some point in their lives. Um, you know, certainly getting there early is, is critical because it does get so busy, but, um, but, but trying to have that experience, I think is really wonderful. And so I, I guess that would be my answer, but, mm-hmm. um, but I think the same thing could go for, 
you know, a really wonderful day of skiing in, in Park City or at Snowbird. Yeah. Um, those are exceptional places. And some of the best moments as a parent and as a as an outdoor recreation enthusiast have been on skis. So I'm I'm divided in my answer. Oh, sure. Na- naturally so. No one has had an easy time answering that question so far. So <laughs> <laughs> So we've gotten a lot of great insight on Utah. Um, so many different spots that seem super fun to visit. Um, just to kind of wrap it up, I was just wondering, do you have anything else you wanted to promote from the Office of Tourism or where can people find more info if they're interested in traveling to Utah? I would welcome anyone to go uh, to our beautiful website and uh, develop an itinerary and learn more about our wonderful state. Um, if you go to www.visitutah.com, you can learn more and plan your trip there. Uh, and if you'd like to learn specifically about our Forever Mighty initiative, uh, you can go to visitutah.com forever, and you can learn how to be a thoughtful and uh, experienced visitor of Utah. Excellent. Well, Bianca, thank you so much for joining the Lightning Round podcast. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to visit Utah soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And that will do it for today's episode of the Lightning Round Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give any feedback to Dan and I at our email address. That's lightningroundpod with Dan and Al at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at lightningrndpod. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and you will hear from us again on Friday with another state travel series podcast this time with washington then i must go and see for the red hills of utah are called